Can Volpe and Rizzo actually win a gold glove? You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. And check out Sleeper today, which is currently operational in over 30 states. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, happy Thursday. Thursday. Happy Thursday, Stace. Happy Thursday, everybody out there. Thanks for clicking on the show here today. We got a big old episode for you today. Uh, of course, as you already know, we are five days a week still here, even in the off season. So thanks for hanging out with us every day. Of course, we're going to talk about the playoffs a little bit later on in the show. Also, Glaber Torres, trade? Maybe? Is he the best candidate? Is he the only candidate? We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, just entertain the idea for a second. First, Stacey, some news. We don't get a lot of that these days, but some news. Uh, <laughs> some Gold Glove nominations. Of course, the nominations officially came out on Wednesday. Amongst them, two Yankees. At shortstop, Anthony Volpe. And at first base, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, <laughs> let's start on the shortstop front here, Stacey. Volpe, along with two others, Corey Seager from Texas and Carlos Correa from Minnesota, nominated the finalists for Gold Glove contention. Of course, as we know at this point, everything's already voted on and already done. So when mm -hmm. they say finalists, that just means these are the top three vote getters. Right. Yeah, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> um, last Yankee to win it at the shortstop position. I know the name might not be crazy, but 2010 for Derek Jeter was actually the last time a Yankee won it for short. Stace, your thoughts on Volpe's candidacy before we dive into the numbers? I mean, good for him. That's, I mean, what more could you want from your rookie season other than making the playoffs to have that kind of recognition? That's really cool for him because, you know, it was the whole, is Volpe better? Is Peraza better? And, you know, there were some... um minimal mistakes really like I I don't really have a problem with the way he played shortstop at all I was really comfortable watching him play shortstop it was a it was a much needed breather after 2022 so it was really I'm happy for him this is really cool of course shortstop is a big deal like that is mm -hmm. I don't know like this this doesn't mean anything but is shortstop the coolest position maybe like is it like the cool position it's I mean like it's what everybody every kid wants to play right right because like, it's, it's the you're position. the you're the patrolman of the whole field really because like the other guys kind of have to stay closer to their positions where you're just kind of roaming there you know what I mean and yeah you don't have a base to patrol usually you know with the shift when we used to have that stuff you did but yeah like most guys I knew growing up always wanted to be a shortstop that's all they yeah. mentioned and to be alongside guys like Seager and Correa, that's legit. Like, that is serious, serious name recognition. Like, that's mm -hmm. not, oh, there's two rookies in there. It's like, no, like, to immediately join the league and immediately be a part of that trio is a big, big deal. Um, Stacy, some numbers in his favor, some numbers not in his favor when you look at some of the surface level and some of the deeper analytics. Um, I test, we know Volpe's made made a couple of really, really dazzling plays this season. Uh 
But I think amongst the most of this year is 157 games played at the shortstop position, 150 starts. That's more than both Seager and Correa. Correa had 135 games played. Corey Seager only played 112. Um, So that's massively, massively in his favor. Not in his favor, 17 errors, which is the most of both of them, actually more than both of them combined. Seager had eight. Correa had six this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Volpe also had the lowest fielding percentage at 970. He did, however, have the highest defensive run saved, which it isn't even close. Corey yeah. Seager had five. Carlos Correa was actually negative in defensive run saved with negative three. Anthony Volpe had 16 defensive run saved, and he was in the middle when it comes to UZR or ultimate zone rating, which takes in a multitude of factors. It's a deeper analytical number trying to put a a perfect number on how much impact a defensive player makes. Volpe 2.9, Corey Seager the highest at 4.8, Carlos Correa at negative 1.7. So again, the games played super in his favor and the defensive run saved. That is massive, massive. That's Big time impact in the middle of the infield. Yeah, those are really good numbers. Um, I'm kind of surprised about Correa having those two numbers be minus with his fielding percentage being 987. But I try to understand defensive stats and I don't at all. So (laughs) I understand fielding percentage. But yes, like the rest of them, I'm just kind of like, sure. Cool. They're very, yeah, they're very deep. Yeah. (laughs) So when you're looking at like uh, ultimate zone rating, that's trying to account for things like arm strength and, you know, your range and and things like that. Uh, Defensive runs saved is like pretty obvious. And you're like, how much, how many runs did you save? (laughs) Like that one's pretty up there. So for him to be up at 16 is, is, honestly super incredible um mm-hmm. and I, I i don't know stace how you feel about this but i think anthony volpe has a legitimate shot at winning a gold glove i think he does too i really do um you know if he, and if he doesn't this year it might be a close miss you know what i mean but i feel like in his future you could see this happening too yeah i feel like if any if anybody takes it over him here in this trio it's going to be Corey seager yeah. Uh, Carlos Correa obviously makes some dazzling plays from time to time, but overall he does make mistakes as we know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like Corey Seager might be right there with him, but I, I don't, I wouldn't bat an eye if Volpe won this like legitimately. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> the other side of this, maybe the weirder side of this is Anthony Rizzo is in the top three, which took me by massive surprise. The last first baseman in Yankee history to win it, Mark Teixeira in 2012. So you still have to go back a pretty far away, 11 years to see another Yankee first baseman. The other nominees, uh, Nate Lowe from Texas, Ryan Mountcastle from Baltimore. Stacy Rizzo only played 92 games this year, which weirdly enough in this trio is not the lowest. I know. Ryan Mountcastle actually <laughs> played 90 games this year at first place so uh I don't know I I, how shocked were you to see Rizzo on this list I was pretty shocked because I was thinking about the games played but then I remembered back to uh was it 1998 when Rafael Palmero only played 28 games at first base and he beat out Tino Martinez for the gold glove so anything is possible with that (laughs) award totally 
Um, to run down the numbers again, Rizzo's 92 games played is the second lowest. Uh, he made four errors this season. He had three run defensive runs saved. Of course, first baseman's not going to save as many and is not going to have as much an impact as a shortstop would. So temper your expectations with these numbers. Uh, so three defensive runs saved, a negative 1.8 UZR comparison to the guys that are on this list. Lowe uh, played the most uh, in the American League at first base. He played 161 games. He was one shy of being the major league record holder this year behind uh, Matt Olson and uh, Freddie Freeman also had 161 medals and played all 162 this year uh three errors for low 998 fielding percentage three defensive runs saved a 0.5 uzr uh and ryan mancastle as we mentioned just 90 games played this year two errors a 997 fielding percentage two defensive runs saved and a 1.7 uzr i know that's a lot of numbers to just throw at you um <laughs> but when it comes to impact on the field ryan mountcastle played the best had he played more, it would have been a runaway uh, numbers-wise. Uh, but I think low playing 161 games is is pretty tough to make a case against that. Well, yeah, 161 and then only making three errors in that 161. Yeah. Oh, he had a stellar season. An incredible yeah, season. That's that's really, yeah, he's definitely winning that. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's nice for Rizzo to be in the top three. But yeah, no, Lowe's winning that. Yeah, Rizzo's already won it a handful of times. Four, as a matter of fact, at first base. And we know, look, when we saw him on the field here, he was great. He, he was really good. Um, was it the best that we've seen out of Anthony Rizzo? No, but he makes the plays. He digs the ball really, really well at first base. We know, like, we've talked about the Yankee defense a lot this season uh, and now already in the offseason, but that has never been a concern. Anthony Rizzo has never been a concern at first base. He is a lockdown solid one. The top eight. First baseman in yeah, baseball. Yeah, he's not one of those guys that you stick at first base because they can't play another position. Like, he's at first base because he can play first base and he plays it well. Yeah, he is a legitimate first baseman. And uh, as we know, a gold glover. And to you know, fall in line again here, despite the few amount of games he actually played this season, is a huge honor. That's massive. Yeah. Also, how are other first basemen playing then if that's the case <laughs> yeah that's fair i mean a lot of teams have revolving doors at first base because of what you just said uh, right that's true guys that's true because it really is yeah that's yeah. dhs and guys that you know are kind of like oh stick him at first you know hopefully nothing will get too far past him because you see a lot of guys who look like statues at first base i mean when he first came over jason giambi wasn't that much of a statue and he made some good plays but toward the end it was like oof no don't put him there yeah. <laughs> just have him dh <laughs> i get that i totally yeah. get that um but yeah i don't think rizzo wins this he had a good season not a great season obviously we're just talking defense here um so i think this is lows to run away with when you play 161 games man at the same position that's it's really, yeah. really tough to, to argue against that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, either way, super, super cool. Let us know. Do you think Anthony Volpe has a legitimate shot? And just for you know, fun, uh, do you think Anthony Rizzo also has a legitimate shot at winning the gold glove this season? We'd love to hear about it. We also would love to text you about it. We texted subtexters right away as soon as we got the news, which we always do. Of course, you can join the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club via subtext. The episode description has all the information. You get Fan Mail Friday priority. You get one-on-one -on -one text conversations with Stacey and myself whenever you like. Check it out. There's a 14-day free trial. All right. When we come back, Glaber Torres, trade candidate. Is that smart? Let's discuss.
The MLB playoffs are underway, which means now is your chance to get 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with the ALCS and the NLCS proving that October baseball is the absolute best time to be a sports fan. Pick more or less on stats for the big stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. I'm Stay Space 826 at Sleeper, so connect with me. Just because your personal fantasy team didn't go anywhere doesn't mean you have to miss out on winning this season. Use promo code LOCKED ON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply, and you can see Sleeper's terms of use for details. Back here on Locked On Yankees. Hey, everydayers out there, you guys already know, tomorrow's episode is a Fan Mail Friday, our second off-season edition. And I've been looking at the uh, questions here, Stace, this week. I think we've got some good ones. We've got some, some subtexters as well. And I think we're going to have a nice little Fan Mail Friday episode tomorrow. So it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, definitely make sure to get your questions in now. It's your last chance. Reply to the pinned comment down below. It says, reply here to submit a Fan Mail Friday question. And then you just got to click that little icon that hits reply. And then you can be a part of the show tomorrow. We will pick the very best questions that we get. Thank you guys so much for being a part of that. We really appreciate it. All right, Stacey, uh, Brian Hoke of MLB.com, beat writer for the Yankees, had brought up the idea-ish that uh, Glaber Torres could be traded this offseason. Hmm. Before we get into all the nitty-gritty nuts and bolts of it, blanket statement me. Yes or no on a Glaber trade? No. No, so uh, that's yeah. I, I like how quick you are with that. No, I'm I don't not, want him uh, to go anywhere. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I, I think I was more privy to it before last season. Now I'm kind of in your camp. We'll get into it. Now mm-hmm. let's just entertain the thought. Let's entertain the thought here. Obviously, okay. the Yankees need help in the outfield, both at the major and minor league level, like the upper major league, uh, minor league levels, rather. Um, they might need a little rotation help, and they could maybe use some bullpen help, potentially. Just a little bit, not a ton. I think if a Glaber trade would entertain maybe a small bullpen piece uh, mm-hmm. as part of some sort of package. Um, things to know here in this regard, Stace, he's in his final year of team control. He's going to arbitration one last time here. Um and, of course, we already know about some logjam issues with Oswald, Oswaldo, Volpe, DJ, Rizzo. Like, there is very – there's few innings to go around here uh, on the infield. Um, so, given that and given where he's at in his career coming off of 2023, what do you think the the market is for a Glaber Torres right now? Do I think there's one? Yeah. Like, I feel like people, someone would scoop them up right away. I just don't know which team would be a good match and what teams have what to give to the Yankees. Um, but like I said at the top, I really don't. <laughs> I'm like so in the no camp now, especially seeing how Peraza plays third. I'm kind of like, oh, hmm, okay. Maybe we can do something with the logjam in the infield and keep Glaber at second because I don't really want to see him go. Yeah, I think what you're you're getting here out of Glaber Torres is a proven major league guy, which mm-hmm. which we saw in September and likely moving into 2024 is the Yankees are kind of running thin on those guys defensively. Yeah. You're because especially if you're figuring Austin Wells into the mix behind the plate at any point in 2024, you're figuring in potentially a Stevon Florial in the outfield in 2024. Uh, suddenly, 
defensively, you're going like getting rid of Glaber. Mm. Like, look, I know Glaber has his issues. I understand that. But at the same time, that bat is no joke. And I yeah. think Oswald Peraza's bat is going to play well at the major league level, but that's still not proven yet. And right. I could be wrong. Everybody could be wrong about that. Sure. So when it comes to his market for Torres, I'm thinking he's kind of in a weird middle ground where mm-hmm. he's not perennial all-star or even, you know, he he's kind of all-star level. He's like fringe all-star maybe. Yeah. He's like maybe 10th in the league. Like he's kind of in that level or like one of those guys talent. where like if five guys are like, I'm not playing, he'll get yes. in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not yeah. five, three. I'll go three. All right, three. Yeah. But yeah, I and and like look, his I think his stock is the second highest probably in his career after his 2019 campaign. Sure. Um, so, I mean, if you were to trade him, if you didn't think you were going to re-sign him, the stock is high now, right? Yes. It, it would be higher now than it would be at the trade deadline 2024. Right. Yes. And plus, you know, he's, he had playoff experience his first year, second year, third year, fourth year. This is the only year he didn't have it. And um, he played for the Yankees. Like that's not, it's not easy playing for the Yankees and coming up and playing for them. So he has that going for him too. Like he, he does pretty well under pressure. I mean, yeah, he does make some boneheaded mistakes on the bases and sometimes in the field, but overall, he's a pretty good player and any team would be better off having him at second base, I feel like. I do too. And when you're thinking about this offseason in particular, the 2023-2024 offseason, you're going, okay, free agency, not great if you're looking to upgrade bat-wise or whatever-wise. Let's just say upgrade period. Mm-hmm. You don't have the greatest pool of free agents to choose from. So what's the next thing you can do to upgrade your team? Trade. And when yeah. you're looking at the Yankees roster in particular, they don't have a whole bunch of major league trade pieces. They have more on the minor league side. And if it's not him, it's kind of Clay Holmes as being like the only other guy that gives you upside. Another last year of arbitration guy that gives you legitimate leeway in the trade market. But of course, a potential closer setup guy is not going to garner as much attention as a second baseman is. So of course, Glaber and the trade rumors that have been surrounding him for a while now are, it makes sense. If there's any guy that it makes sense to trade and you're trying to get something back, it might be Glaber. Yeah. Yeah. I know it makes sense. I'm just the Yankee fan. Part of me, aside from the podcast host, realist person who kind of knows how things work i just i really don't want to see him go <laughs> oh i don't disagree with you again i i'm yeah. i'm i'm in your camp too i i like labor i think he's a solid second baseman i think you can do a whole lot worse at second base um but i think what we kind of have to throw in here too stacy is a couple other questions like are the yankees trying to compete in 2024 right i i, I I don't know because we're still getting some mixed signaling. Like, do you do you get the feeling that the Yankees are trying to compete next year at a legitimate level? Yeah, or are they I'm more like, like are they like twenty twenty two Dodgers or twenty twenty three Dodgers? Where like, yes, I know they won hundred games, but like they didn't buy all in on the twenty twenty two team or twenty three. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it kind of feels similar to that. Yeah, uh, it feels like they're. It almost feels like they're hoping that they're going to luck themselves into a lot of wins that guys won't get injured and this won't happen and this won't happen. And it won't be the same as 2023 and maybe 2024 will be better. 
I mean, I guess it's a wait and see kind of thing. But yeah, there's a lot of mixed messaging coming from them. And it doesn't help that, you know, MLB kind of puts the kibosh on things like they don't want teams to really do anything during the playoffs, like teams that aren't in the playoffs. You don't want them to make headlines while the playoffs are going on because you want your attention on that. And I feel like we're not going to know anything about what the Yankees are doing until first week in November, second week in November. Yeah, that's fair. I think the other thing we need to have a legitimate conversation about potentially in the future, we don't have a whole ton of time here today, but how much do the Yankees believe in the young guys? Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, they believe in Anthony Volpe a whole bunch, but there are obvious, obvious lingering questions about Oswaldo Cabrera. Like, they're, yeah. they're, you can't not factor in 2023 when talking about Oswaldo Cabrera. Looking further down the pipeline, how much do they believe in Trey Sweeney defensively? I don't know. Um, and, and, we're kind of mixed right now on where they figure Oswald Peraza into the mix here. So yeah. I, I I don't know. It's it's very confusing where the Yankees feel they're at because if they're not believing in 2024 and you don't think you're going to resign him and you think that Peraza and Volpe and potentially Cabrera Sweeney are your future, then yeah, Glaber's gone, right? Clearly, right? Um, and it's it obviously boils down to resignability. Like how much do they think Glaber wants to stay? That's huge. That's a massive part of it. Because if he's not going to stay, then get something for it. Right. I feel like he'd want to, though. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's happy. He's He seems happy in, in New York. Obviously, I don't know the guy personally, but he, he seems happy. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, is it smart? Is it smart? Again, he's his, tra- his stock is high. The Yankees have options outside of him, which is a good luxury. They have right. a great luxury. In that right. regard, they don't have to trade him, but they also don't have to keep him, which is nice that they have the option here. Yes, that is a good point. <laughs> we will definitely dive into this more throughout the offseason, talk about more trade candidates. We'll also talk more about Clay Holmes on whether it's smart to trade him. So make sure to hit subscribe because we're still every day here on Lockdown Yankees. So make sure you guys don't miss out on those conversations when they come down further the pipeline here in the offseason. All right, MLB playoffs still in swing. Game three, Astros Rangers. We're going to talk about it when we come back. Everyone should be ready to care for themselves and their loved ones, no matter the circumstances. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. What's a Jace case? A Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use created by doctors for you. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand whenever you need it. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. They even offer gift cards. With the holidays rapidly approaching, buy a gift card for family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. And of course, grab one for yourself while you're there. Don't get caught unprepared. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. Back here on Locked On Yankees, our final segment of the day. Stacy ALCS Game Three. I know it didn't go the way you wanted to. Eight five <laughs> final in favor of the Rangers. So I know you're not super stoked that uh, it's not three zero Rangers. Yeah, uh, I had a feeling. Um, Houston's better on the road for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was. I 
uh, you took that right out of my mouth because I was going to say, hey, yesterday you literally said like, hey, Houston plays better on the road. And they came out swinging last night. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. I didn't think they were going to go quietly if they did lose. I figured this was going to be a hard fought series, even with the 2-0 lead that the Rangers took, you know, because the Astros are annoying. We all know that. And they're not just going to go down quietly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's something. So I sent out a, a text to our Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club, right, uh, before the game. And I said, hey, you know, game three tonight. You guys thinking it's going to be 3-0? Like, what, what are you guys feeling? And we got this text from Ruben, one of our uh, longtime subscribers. Um, I asked, do you think the Rangers are going to take a 3-0 lead? Nailed it on the head. Ruben said, no. Javier is hot right now, and Mad Max is rusty. Hope I'm wrong, but Astros win. Nailed it. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. Like, so that that kind of got me thinking here, Stacey. Let, let's say Texas moves on. They go to the World Series. Okay. Is Max Scherzer a part of that roster? He shouldn't he shouldn't be starting. I don't think he should be starting because it feels like an automatic loss at this point, or at least an automatic putting them in a hole kind of situation. Maybe not. Maybe the team could come back from it, but you, you don't want that in the playoffs. You, you, you don't need that in the playoffs. It's bad. No, it's, I wouldn't seems, do it. It seems insane to not have Max Scherzer on your roster. If you made it to the world series, right? Like, I know, but, but it doesn't feel like, like if you take the name out of it, if you change his name to John Scherzer, then you're not thinking anything. You're like, yeah, no, he didn't perform. Yeah. And like, look, maybe it's not fair, mm -hmm. but like you're trying to win a world series. So like who life like, isn't who fair. For yeah. Like but Honestly, at the same time, life isn't at, fair. <laughs> at the same time, Max has been there, man. Like he has been right. there a lot and he knows how to win. And like, right. He's, he's also the type of guy that like, if he wasn't starting, if he was used in a bullpen relief role, coming to get three outs type of role, I feel like he'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'll do whatever it takes. Right. I was going to say, um, I think he should be on the roster. I just don't think he should start. I think maybe do that sort of a situation where he just comes out and like, you know, lets it all go for in an inning, in an inning, because he is, you know, they call him Mad Max for a reason. I feel like that might actually <laughs> be yeah. a better situation for him. But I feel like the starting thing. No, you're trying to win games and winning games in the playoffs is a is a premium. You have to win as many games as soon as you possibly can, because you don't want these series to go for too long because it gives the other team an advantage if you're ahead and then they come back and make it something. So yeah, I feel like, so, yes, he should be on the roster, but not starting. Of course that we're obviously getting ahead of ourselves talking world series here, but does Max pitch again here in this series? If it goes long enough, I don't think they should, but he probably will. I don't know. I feel like it's the whole name thing. Like you said, if he was John Scherzer, <laughs> no, <laughs> but he's Max Scherzer. He has World Series experience. He's been playing forever. And it's the default to kind of rely on a guy like that, even if he's not performing up to his standards. So I feel like in this series, you might see him again. But if he has another iffy performance, but maybe Texas pulls it out and wins, they might not be so quick to start him in the World Series. Well, some it. math. <laughs> We got to do some math on it here. So Wednesday, game three, game four, Thursday, uh, Friday, straight to it in Texas. That's three days, four. So he could pitch game six would be fifth day, would be game six. Or would you let him go game seven if need be? 
I mean, Ooh. it's always it's always all hands on deck. Game seven. Yeah. Ooh. But to start it, I don't know. I mean, I, I, everybody's leash in a do or die. E- either way, I mean, they could be down three two by the time they get to game six. True. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it it is a, a conundrum. It's one that you hope you don't have to get to if you're Texas. Right. You're going like. Do we trust Max Scherzer in this situation? Which again is insane to say because you should trust Max trust trust Max Scherzer. That's why you traded for Max Scherzer, right? Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a conundrum, man. It it how how much stock do you put into a couple innings versus an entire career? Right. It's That's tough. Really it, tough. This ain't easy, man. It's not easy to get to a World Series. Yeah. See, if, it's not if you're that having easy to make a decision manager, between. No, no, not at all. If you're if you're having to make a decision between no Max Scherzer or Max Scherzer, like you, I think that sh- goes to show you how tough that is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not envying Bochi right now at all. No, mm-hmm. no, or the entire department that makes right. those decisions too. Like everybody's right. going into it, going like, I mean, every number in the world, save for these ten, you know, whatever these X amount of starts say, do it. Again, I, I think you might end up seeing him if it's not starter, it's this first out of the pen. Right. Uh, or it's, you know, starter with extremely short leash. Yeah. I mean, at this point, do you trust Andrew Heaney more than you trust Max no. Scherzer? No, I don't. I don't think so no. either. No. But I hope they don't I have to come Max to Scherzer. that decision. Like, <laughs> like nine times out of ten, I'm going to Max Scherzer. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I keep short leash. Mm-hmm. Uh We'll see. I mean, hopefully, I mean, for their sake, it doesn't get to that point. But I mean, it either gets to that point in this series or it gets to that point in the World Series. So a decision will have to be made at some point whether he's going to start a relief. And yeah, uh, yeah. again, I, I feel like Max would take that pretty like whatever. Let's go. Like, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah he's, he feels like he feels like he's one of those guys who would definitely yeah. be like, whatever I can do to help the team. Yeah. Game four tonight, and then uh, game three fills D-backs uh, tonight as well, 5 o'clock Eastern. So back to the to both games, and I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm way more into this Phillies D-back series, so I, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah, it's more exciting, and it's just fun watching the Phillies team and their fans, and it's just such an electric atmosphere, and knowing what they're going into at Chase Field also. You know, Diamond Diamondback fans are hungry for this sort of thing because – Oh, yeah. As good as they were in the beginning of the season, it looked like they were going to completely blow everything and not make the playoffs. And then they did. And now they're here where they are. And yeah, so it's going to be really cool. Let us know in the comment section how you're feeling about the postseason so far, of course, as well as with everything we talked about here today. And uh, let me know. Max Scherzer start again here in the ALCS. If it gets to that point, game six or seven, do you let them start? I want to see what people are saying about that. I'm very curious about it. Uh, of course, don't forget, tomorrow, Fan Mail Friday. Drop your questions down below while you're in that comment section as well. We'd love to have you be a part of the episode tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe and you won't miss it. And that's going to do it for today's Lockdown Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow. 